0: All right, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. On a Wednesday, June 19th, the dawn before the 2019-2020 NBA season. Tomorrow it it goes from one season to the next and um it's exciting time for the Pacers. Um, it's a time when it feels like there's a lot of change that's about to be happening uh, in our in our near future, probably within, you know, uh, definitely something's going to happen tomorrow with the draft. And then there's a lot of guys in free agency. So a lot of chips are up in the air now for the Pacers, and it's exciting to see what's going to happen. And, and so I, I'm going to talk about uh, that tonight. Uh, but what I also want to do tonight is get into the last five players, which are the five best players, and talk about their seasons and then uh and then at the end do a little bit about the draft and maybe like the future of the Pacers uh, next year. So uh yeah, so tonight might be a little long, but we'll see. We'll see how long I can go. And uh I'm excited to talk about these players though. So Hopefully everybody's having a good week. It's uh, I'm having a good week, and things are rocking and rolling. So let's get into uh, let's get into these player recaps here. So I got tonight. I'm doing Thad, Bogey, Domas, Miles, and Vic, and uh, you know those those were our top guys this year um as the the, that was this that was kind of the heart of the Pacers this year were were those guys so um first with Thad you know he is going to be a free agent this year uh it's going to be up in the air what are what are the Pacers going to do are we going to we're going to sign Thad or is he going to find a new team and ultimately that's that's going to be the what matters going into next season is if we re-sign him or not. But talking about this past season, and Thad was probably man. There's so many Pacers that I like this year, but Thad was up there. He, I always, I always like Thad, and he just is so good. He impacts the game in so many different ways. Um, you know, I he he's really really good at defense. I, I looked up. Uh, there's like these hustle stats in the NBA and Thad was 16th in deflections this year. He averaged one and a half steals led the league. in. Uh, this was an interesting stat I found on that hustle page. It was loose balls recovered. And so, cause that's what I, when I, when I was thinking about dad's game, I was like, man, he just always seemed like he was uh, just causing disruption um, for the, for the other team's offense. And that was the, one of the the calling cards of the Pacers this year. And this that's what made the Pacers so good is that, you know, we for the most of the season, I don't even, I don't know how we ended up, but we were second in defense uh, behind like Memphis or something. And that's because Memphis plays super slow and the Pacers played, we, we played pretty slow in comparison to most of the league, but uh, you know, there was just a good stretch there where, you know, we were, we had one of the best defenses in in, in the league and you got to give a lot of that credit to Thad Young and, he will be if he doesn't come back, I think we're gonna really miss him next year on, on the defensive end. So, you know, I would be okay if that doesn't come back. Ultimately, I think I don't think he will. If but but it's like man, I hope I hope we can bring somebody in that is uh is capable of doing some of those things that he does on the defensive end. Um AKA Al Horford. I don't know. I'll get into that later, but I just, you know, that's, that's an interesting option uh, for the Pacers, but back to the season and, and the season that dad had, I mean, you know, he's great on defense. I think he's just, he does everything. He's the toughness, the leadership. Uh, he was durable. He played 81 games, both the, the past two seasons. You know, everybody calls him the glue guy he just does everything. He, he, he's the oil for this team. And, uh, when Vic went down, you know, Thad really stepped up uh, and and showed that he was a leader and he, it was, he just had a really good season. I think, um, but he's, he, you know, on the flip side of like, he's, he's got a lot of positives for him, but he's not a great shooter. And that's kind of painful for the Pacers, uh, It'd be nice if we had somebody who could really stretch the floor a little bit more uh, than what Thad could. Um, as I'm saying this, I'm just thinking like Al Horford. I don't know. Like, it, it, could Al Horford be our replacement for Thad Young? That would be crazy. I, I think that would be a good move. Um, and you know, with Thad, it's like he's kind of he's kind of at the tail end of his prime. It, it, he's thirty one years old, or he'll be thirty one. And I don't know, I mean, I I, I go both ways. I'm super, I, I love Thad. I, I would like for him to come back, but I just feel like that's the position that maybe the Pacers could could do an upgrade. And especially, like, you know, what are we going to do with Sabonis? Like, uh, we need to get him some minutes. Uh, but, man, I just have a hard time, you know, like, I would be totally cool if the Pacers brought back um, Thad too. It's just... Uh, well, you know what? Let me just let me stick to to, to the player and the, and the season that he had, because uh, really that's that's what matters right now. And um, so that's that's basically you know what's what dad's got going for him. And when you look at the, this past season, I, I talked about his leadership. Um, he was one of he he was the NBA Eastern Conference Player of the Week, and that was back on like week nine. And so, if, if you remember the, the beginning of the season, the Pacers were killing it, um, really killing it. And Thad was guarding um, Giannis. So, it was Milwaukee was in first place. They were, they were um, 18 and nine, Pacers 18 and 10. So, it was a battle of you know, Eastern Conference supremacy. And the Pacers, this was when we had Oladipo. But we put Thad Young on Giannis, and it might have just been a bad Giannis game. Giannis is probably going to end up being the MVP. Um, But Thad Young guarded him. Giannis played 31 minutes, and he had 12 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists, and he only took 6 shots. And I remember that game, and Thad was just dogging Giannis all the time. I mean, getting the best of him. And it just really showed off Thad's defensive um, prowess. And on the flip side, on the offensive end, you know, Thad ended up with 25 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 steals, 1 block. That was against the Bucs. Now, that's just one game, but it just highlights, you know, what Thad Young can bring to, to you. And if the Pacers want to make it in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference for the next couple of years, like, we're going to need to have some sort of answer for Giannis. We can't have a team that he could just dominate, you know. It, so it's nice to have a guy like Thad, uh, who can uh, handle those handle those those beast small forwards like Kawhi Leonard or LeBron, or you know, KD. At least at least Thad gives you a chance. There's not a whole lot of guys in the league that do. So I think the Pacers really do have to be mindful of that before we let him walk. Is you know. Who's gonna guard who's gonna guard uh, Giannis and uh, but anyways, that 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 was a great game uh, against Milwaukee. And then uh, the other game I wanted to highlight that he had that was really awesome and or I just thought was it, it was like a, um, I think the bright spot for Thad Young this year. It was the game against Toronto. this would be Vic's injury. Uh, this was like late January, once again, another super competitive game in the Eastern conference, it's Raptors, uh, Pacers, Raptors are in first. I think the Pacers were only down, they're down, like they were third in the Eastern conference two and a half games back. Um, and I I remember this game so vividly because I was watching it in the living room with my wife and it was, uh, it just felt like a playoff game for the first time. It was, you know, late January, the Pacers were still in there. You know we're 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 ahead of Philly, ahead of Boston in the standings. Uh, Pacers were just looking really good, uh, going up against the Raptors, and then Vic goes down in the second quarter, and it was like, oh my gosh, you could just feel all the energy. And this was at home. This was a, this was at in Indianapolis, and it was just you know I think they I think I think the broadcast probably showed some some grown men crying. So it's was just a rough time, right, to be – just to see the season just oh, – it's like that's how it's going to – that's how this one's going to end. And uh, just a real buzzkill because the Pacers had so much momentum coming off of that 2017-2018 season where they came out of nowhere, right? And Victor Oladipo, crazy season, um, leads, leads the Pacers to a seven-game series against – Cleveland's LeBron team who eventually makes it to the finals, you know, and the Pacers took them to seven games and really the Pacers, you know, there are some calls that could have gone either way. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe the Pacers advance, uh, but so it's like the Pacers were riding off that momentum coming into this year. They were right there with the top, top guys in the East, even after nobody really gave them uh, much, 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 uh, much of a chance. It was a four team race. Uh, and, and we were, you know, you know, Let's see, that'd be 50, you know, over 50 games into the season. So over halfway point. And, uh, you know, bases are right there, two and a half games out of first place. So anyways, Vic goes down and Thad, right, Thad took over at at halftime. I remember according to like, somebody was saying, he you know, he gave a big speech and was like rallying all the guys and just saying you know like they're not giving up on this season and uh and that for that game he was the best player on that court and he you know he ended that game with 23 just crazy stats 23 points 15 rebounds three assists you know four stocks which is steals and blocks added together you know just he was just he 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 backed it up and uh that's what we came to expect from thad he was just always there he's a gamer and i just thought you know he, like when you look at the playoffs too right like thad was um he didn't have like eye popping numbers but he 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 was one of the guys that was like in the fight like i felt like uh he he competed at a level that was high enough to give the the Pacers a chance to win ultimately we just didn't have enough fire firepower, and we were asking Thad to do too much. I mean, we, we really needed it. Like, he's not gonna, he's not a scorer. Like, that's not Thad's uh, strengths. He's just meant to be a guy that fills in the gaps. Um, but ultimately, I think it was a great season. Uh, I really like Thad Young, and let's see. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else I really want. Like I said, I got a lot of guys to talk about, so... Those are kind of the highlights for Thad. Uh, You know, the fact that he's Eastern Conference Player of the Week, that's like a pretty big deal. I mean, there's what, 26 of those guys in a year? So uh, good for him and just a great season. Who knows what the future holds for us and Thad. Um, I'd love for him to re sign with the Pacers if he'd be willing to come off the bench, maybe, because I just feel like you got to place a bonus. And we got to, that, I don't know. I, I don't know what which way the, the Pacers are going to go, but uh, I just—it's tough. It's tough with all these big guys we have, and I'm really starting to like the idea of this Al Horford thing uh, now that I—it's I, in my head, and so who knows? Whatever it is, I'll be rooting for that wherever he plays next year. Um All right, next guy, Bogie Bogdanovich, and. Bogey had another season, I'd say, very similar to Thad's, and I kind of feel the same way about Bogey as I do Thad, which are I love these two guys uh, so much, and I I really like both of them. I want them both on the team, um, but Bogey's another guy. It's like he's gonna he's gonna get a big big price tag this this season, and I don't know if the Pacers are gonna are gonna re-sign him and. I, I can see why why they won it because I think when you look at this team with Victor back, like what really is old or what really is uh Bogey doing? It was nice that he, look, he was great. And and this is not I'm not knocking bogey at all. Uh but I, I just you know he was getting a lot of shots. He was our number one option. It it could be a little bit of a Kind of a good stats, bad team guy kind of situation for Bogey in the second half of the season, but without 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 knocking him any, I'm just saying that when when Oladipo comes back, we're not going to need that we're not going to need that type of production from from him. But I love Bogey too, so I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I, I I want him, and but I also don't think that he's really worth twenty million. F- to the Pacers next season. I think we can spend that money uh better. And that's hard to say because I love Bogey. And he could be worth it. If maybe the Pacers are willing to spend money and go over the tax. I think if you look back at the uh the postseason recap or whatever, Kevin Pritchard, the general manager, talked about that. That, you know, they were willing to spend money. So, hey, that would be awesome. Like if we could spit, if we could bring back bogey, bring back that, I just want to bring back everybody. So I'm not going to get too much in the weeds. Uh, it's just, we're right here where there's going to be so much change. It's hard not to think about next year. I really want to kind of, uh, almost document, you know, the 2018, 19 season, uh, before we switch into the next season, because, um, these guys had great, great seasons, you know, um, so when you're looking at Bogey, another guy, 2018-19 Eastern Conference Player of the Week, so the second Pacer to to be Player of the Week, and Bogey's came at a different time in the year. He came his came uh, after the Vic injury, the the second Vic injury. So that one against the Raptors where Thad comes in rallies the troop at half, troops at half. Well, the Pacers end up losing four games in a row after that Raptors game, if I remember correctly. Uh, but then they then they started to turn around, and it was really just the scheduling, uh, if I remember correctly, too. I, I think there were a lot of easy easier teams. But when you lose your best player, it's like, okay, you know, uh, a win's a win. Uh, so anyways, the Pacers won five in a row after losing four after when Vic went down, and it was led by Bogey. So Bogey had, like, four games in a row with 20 points. Um The Pacers were winning. It was kind of a feel-good story. And um, he got player of the week. Uh, But Bogey was really great all season because he did step up so admirably when when Vic went down. And he was a guy that showed up in the playoffs. uh, Similarly to, to Thad. But it was kind of, you know, just when you look at the numbers, it's like, okay, they're not very good numbers. But if you think back to that series it was a a pretty ugly series where i think the scores were low uh, maybe oftentimes in the in the 90s or even low hundreds so it makes sense that the like it's not like bogey averaged 24 a game in the playoffs but thinking back to the games and a lot of those games were close bogey was bogey was was uh, contributing and um you know i'd say at the pretty pretty same level as, as thad we were just, we were missing Vic, right? Like we needed, we needed our leader. and didn't have him, but um, yeah, when you look at Bogdanovich, I mean, he improved so much from last season and a lot of it had to do with the fact that he had the um, opportunity and became the number one scoring option, but um, he's a very efficient scorer. He He's, I think he's flirting with 50, 40, 90. If I don't, did I write that down? Um Maybe not. I don't see that. But uh, anyways, you know, he was he's a guy that can, he's proven that he can play in the playoffs. Um, he's got good size. He is um, a, a really good three point shooter. I think he was 12th in the NBA in three point percentage. He's got great toughness. You know, he's one of those guys that he, he seems like a good teammate. I love bogey uh, interviews. He just seems like a nice good, like a nice guy, someone that would be a good teammate. Uh, fits the Pacers culture perfectly, and he's one of our guys. Like, like when the Pacers got him from Brooklyn, you know, he wasn't um, he wasn't nearly the player that he is now. So he's developed very nicely in the Pacers organization. Um, and when you look at like, uh, well, I was watching some video, and I can't remember uh, what the time frame was, but it was Bogey, and he was talking about. How he's willing to sacrifice um, for the betterment of the team. So he he so he was willing to step in and take more shots, but he's also willing to go back to uh, maybe what he was doing before. I don't know. Um, but bogey's just awesome. Cons about bogey, you know, quickness with the ball it's lacking. This was a this was an amazing stat. So. He did, let's give him props first, he, he did average over a steal a game, so he was active on defense, he definitely gives the effort on defense, but Bogey played 32 minutes a game, he played all, he played 81 games in the year, so think of all those minutes that he was out on the court, and you, you will be absolutely astonished if you look and see how many block shots he had on the season. It's not zero, but it's less than two. He had one block shot. (laughs) I I couldn't believe that stat. Like, how can you only get one block shot? He's six foot eight. But whatever, he's just not looking for it, I guess. Um, Bum bum bum. So yeah, it was a great season for Bogey. He I I if the Pacers do bring him back. He's, um, it, it, it's just like, what's our team going to be like? But I'm fine with bringing Bogey back. Maybe he'll give us a little hometown discount. Maybe maybe he doesn't, but maybe the Pacers are willing to pay for it. Uh, but I would love to see him next year when with Vic back. And now that Bogey's got this new confidence, maybe Bogey just turns into this freaking, kind of like what I was saying with Doug McDermott, but just an elite shooter. I mean, what, like, a, uh, you know, like he already is, but just takes that shooting to another level uh, on less attempts. That'd be great. Um, Let's see. He ended the season averaging 18 points a game, which is, man, that's really good. I, I think it was up probably five points from where it was last year, 18 points, four rebounds, two assists. He shot better from the three point line. He shot better from the two point line. Um, the only thing he took a hit in was free throws this year, which is like the whole Pacers team took a hit in free throws. I, don't, I couldn't understand it all year. Uh, you know, Vic was off in free throws. Um, Bogey, Thad struggled. I felt like Domas struggled. Miles struggled. Like all of our guys, for whatever reason, just didn't have great seasons from the free throw line. Hopefully that gets fixed next year. Yeah. Uh, but Bogey was probably the best player that we had in the playoffs, and he proved that he's, you know, he's capable of hitting some big shots. Uh, he's a gamer. I'd love to have him around for the the future for the, for the Pacers. He's still relatively young. He's in his prime. What was he? Uh, I think he's 29 years old. Uh, let's see, born in 89. So yeah, he actually, uh, no, he just turned 30. So, I don't know. I don't know what kind of deal he'd be on if he, if he came to the Pacers. We'll just have to see with Bogdanovich next year. If I would like to see him come back, just running back again. Um, Vic, Miles, Loss, and Bogey. I'll take those four. Maybe we're next. Maybe we're maybe we got four All Stars. I it could happen, um, so yeah. Ultimately, though, you know, it's like it's really hard to speculate. I I'll be happy if if Bogie comes back, uh, but it's also like, well, that doesn't mean if they don't re sign him that I'm going to be automatically upset about it. I don't know. Maybe they do something different. Like maybe this. Really, it's like this is a chance for. Um, the, I mean, basically, this is the year that's going to determine. I would say this current regime at the, at the Pacers. So like, uh, it starts with probably Kevin Pritchard as GM, uh, Nate McMillan. You got your superstar Vic. Uh, you got your role players. It's like the Pacers are set up now to. This is going to be our team as we make our put as we make our serious push here. And I just wonder, you know, what, what is the, what is the Pacers window? You know, it's like, to me, it's like, okay, you could, I could see us if we want to keep, if we want to keep it with the guys that we currently have. And we want to bring back, uh, we want to bring back Thad. We want to bring back Bogey. Um, we want to commit to, you know, Sabonis probably, uh, you know, if if we do that, it's like, oh shit, I just lost my train of thought. Hmm. Oh, oh yeah, it's basically like the, the window, right? So if we go with, if we bring back the guys from this year, I think we say, okay, our, our windows, we're not trying to win the championship next season. We want to be in the hunt. We want to compete in the playoffs next year. Like we need to win a playoff series to, for, to start with. Um, but you know, the main thing would be like, can we, can we get to the end of the season and have, can we have Oladipo healthy for the playoffs next year? Because the last thing we want to do, right. Is rush him back. And I have no idea if he's going to be ready to play. I I haven't heard anything, um, about, I, I saw that he had a video where he did like 70 yard dash or something. So I don't know if I've actually, I don't think I've watched that. So I don't know if he looked good or, or what, but regardless, he's got to get himself into, into basketball shape. And uh I, I always think like, man, it's gotta be so hard coming back um and then playing in the NBA. I mean, the thing that he's got going for him, obviously, is that he he's done it before and he's done it at a high level, so he he knows he can do it. But man, you got starting from zero with, you know, when you gotta just like nurse that leg and every everybody just keeps getting better i always just think man it's gotta be so hard to come back from from that high high, high uh like a year off type of injury but you guys do it a lot you know um but so hopefully that so that's what i think like okay uh let's have let's don't rush vic back and we'll just say hey you know pacers uh we're gonna we're gonna win a series next year but we're setting ourselves up for the following year because that gives Miles Turner and Sabonis, a full year to play together. Um, they're each twenty three years old, so it's like, I don't know why the there seems I I just I totally understand it because I ask myself this all the time. I'm like, do we trade Sabonis or do we trade Turner? But I just want to keep both of them. They're both awesome players. They're both twenty three years old, and you know, um, like. Let's just start with with uh, Sabonis. You know, he had a hell, hell of a season. Sabonis was my favorite player this year on the Pacers. Uh I think I can say that for sure. Uh he was. Like, he I just loved it. Every he just he always brought it every night. He was he's super intense. He's got great size, 6'11. Um this year, I mean, he ended the season as a six man. I think he is actually a 6 man candidate of the year. Uh so the NBA awards show is in a, in a week or two. And uh I think Sabonis might be our only rep at the at the show. But uh Yeah, with Sabonis he is 11th pick in 2016. He was born in 1996. So how old is he? Right. I just said, yeah, he's 23. He just turned 23 years old. Um, Let's just be patient with him. I mean, look at how much he improved this year. And he just seems like a great teammate. Him and Vic seem like best friends. They were, you know, uh, so Sabonis was drafted by Orlando, which is where Oladipo was. Uh, They get traded after the draft to Oklahoma City together. And then the next year, from Oklahoma City, they get traded to the Pacers. So they've been involved in two trades together. They're like brothers, and Vic is the cornerstone to this team. Um, I think Vic said that he wanted to see Sabonis be part of this, part of the future in Indiana. So it's like, uh, why are we, why are we trying to trade him away? Like who's, who's who's wanting to trade him away? And he's only twenty three. And like, what if we can sign him to the same type of deal we got Turner for last year? I I think that's fair to offer Sabonis. I mean, what we might be sitting on a situation like, you know, like the Atlanta Hawks had last or or a couple seasons ago when you got like four all-stars. If you bring back Sabonis, Turner, Oladipo, Bogey, and then they want to sign Ricky Rubio, which, you know, I got to save that for the end, but. So, Domas Sabonis, I love the guy. One of my favorite pacers. He's definitely a household favorite. Uh, We call him Isabonis. Uh, Comes in off the bench, changes the the tone of the game. He's, uh, I was watching some footage or some, like, video uh, after the season. Oh, he was doing that press conference, the Nate McMillan and uh, Kevin Pritchard press conference. They were saying that Domas was already asking for assistant coaches to come back. to to Indianapolis to train him for the summer so he's he's like that type of guy which that's what we want right especially someone who's shown so much promise already and for him to just have the um, the work ethic that he does and the fact that he just seems like a guy that's going to keep getting better so say it again I don't want to trade him like let's see what we have next year he could You know, when you're looking at the pros of of Sabonis, he's got elite level passing. Um, He's not as good as Jokic from from Denver, but Sabonis makes some sick passes, especially um, as a big man. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he can continue to develop that skill. And um, maybe the Pacers use him as more of a playmaker. Maybe he can initiate a little bit more offense um, next year. Uh, one of the other things that that Sabonis has going for him is he just has the like his likability factors off the charts. I mean, he's just always smiling, kind of hamming it up with the guys, smacking refs' butts. Um, he's just engaged in the game. Like he he plays with passion and he wears it on his sleeves. Uh, he's just the type of guy that you love rooting for. So, I don't want to trade him. He's an elite rebounder on the defensive end, actually, and offensive end. If I I think he is, yeah. Yeah, he gets a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, he he's very efficient. He was one of the lead leaguer, lead leaguer, league leaders in field goal percentage. Um he's got that left hand, so he's he's kind of uh unique for our defenders to have to defend. Um, but We also showed that it's a little bit too dominant, like in the playoffs. And he's got NBA genetics. His dad, Arvidas, was one of the best foreign basketball players. Well, I shouldn't have said foreign. Just really one of the best basketball players. He's probably in the Basketball Hall of Fame. But was an NBA player. Super good. You know, I always think that's that sure helps. Like, if you're getting genes... If you think, I mean, that's a. I wonder how many players in the league now had dads play in the league. Seems like that number is growing. I think because you can. I could think of a lot of examples of that. Um, but, anyways, I just think that's a that's a pro to have to to grow up around the game and to have a dad who played professionally. And you know, just overall, Domas is just a joy to have on the team. He's just a joy to root for. Um, really the only cons I could think of is there are lots of times this season that I just wish he would have shot the three pointer. He seemed to be wide open a lot of times and just didn't shoot it. Um, so he, he must just not feel comfortable shooting that three. I just feel like a lot of times he made them like he, when he did shoot threes, he made a lot of them. So I'd like to see him work on that next year is just let that baby fly when you're wide open, make the, make the defense come out. Um, So that's a con. And then also his rim protection is a little weak. he has got those little T-Rex arms. uh, But he's really good on the defensive glass and on the offensive glass. He bangs with the best of them down there. Like he's a physical player. If anything, he's—he's—I think he's more physical than Miles in the post, even though Miles has a, a bigger frame that he can throw around. But Sabonis is, is definitely a big dude. I mean, six eleven is nothing to slouch at, uh, but he just kind of has those short arms, so he doesn't get a lot of blocks, um, and it, it kind of limits his his uh, ability to be to be um, positive on the defensive end. So, looking at you know this past season. He was my favorite pacer. He's six-man-of-the-year candidate. Crazy improvement over last year. He probably could have been a most improved candidate as well. Um, he basically had the same... He played the same amount of minutes per game as he did last year. But his production was insane. Like So he went from... Did I write that down? No, I... But this year, he averaged 14 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists on 59% from the field, 52% from three, is that right? And 70% from free throw. Huh. I knew he, at one point in time, he had made a lot, or he was had a really high three-point percentage, but I didn't know he actually maintained it for the rest of the season. But, um... So those are great numbers for a dude coming off the bench, basically almost averaging a double-double. He ended up with 30 double-doubles this season. I think he led the team. Uh he had he shown flashes this year that he can do, he can impact the, the game in big ways. He had a 30-point, 16 rebound, nine-point game. Uh he had eight games with 15 rebounds. Uh he's a triple-double threat. He had a game where he had 19, 9, and 9. Sabonis really just, like, when when he would come in the game, he'd give us such a big boost. And, we, and really, we ran a lot of offense through him. Uh, and some of our best stuff came from Sabonis. A lot of those McDermott, uh, I'm thinking of those McDermott back cuts, seemed like Sabonis was usually the one throwing that pass. Uh, the pick and roll with Tyreek. And uh, there's just some good action with Sabonis. And he was good in the post, too. So I love Sabonis. I think hopefully we do the same thing with him this year as we did with Miles last year. Offer him the rookie extension, uh, so that I'm I'm thinking structured the same way as as uh, Turner's four years, seventy two million. Why do we have to pick? Let's just keep both. Treat them both the same. <laughs> I don't know if that'll work or not, but um, I just think it's a little. Uh, I just don't. I understand the draw to think to, to to thinking we have to pick one or the other, but I just think we should keep both at least try it out for one more year. Um so overall though I'm buying Sabonis stock. I look forward to to rooting him on as a pacer. I really hope he doesn't get traded unless this is the only way I can get over him or Miles getting traded is if the Pacers decide to resign or bring in a guy like Al Horford and even that is not making me very pleased to say um but I think I could get really excited about having Al Horford on the team. Uh, but, I don't know. We'll just have to see how, how, how the uh, cards, cards get dealt. So, all right, man. Got to keep powering through here. We got, I want to do Turner now. Turner, you know, another guy, young guy for the Pacers, stepped up big this year. He was the NBA block champion, averaging 2.7 blocks a game. Led the league in blocks. That's a big deal. He had so many games where um, he'd have, like, five or more blocks. I think I actually looked that up. Uh, Oh, 11 games with five or more blocks. And one time he had seven blocks in a game. That's just a fun guy to root for. It's a fun guy to have anchoring your defense. You know, he was effective uh, not on the offensive end in the playoffs against Boston, but on the defensive end. Turner was a big deal. Um, Turner's just a... Yeah, young guy just turned twenty three. He just got the extension this year, so he got paid this year four years, seventy two million. Uh, he signed with a Nike shoe contract. Um, so Turner made it, you know, like he he was a lottery pick, which means he had he had a good year to, or a good good first contract, and then uh, Pacers Pacers picked him up. So, which I now it's looking like a bargain. I mean you got the lead leader lead <laughs> I had our attempt this earlier. The lead leader in blocks on your team who happens to be 6 foot 11 who happens to be able to shoot three pointers. He's got a really good he's got really good touch. Uh he's got for his size I'd say Turner has good athleticism. Um he's an elite interior defender. Uh he just, he's just a guy that's cool to have on the team. I mean, there's sometimes... He's not my favorite pacer yet. I could see a day where he is. Um, but there's just sometimes that I think he gets in his head a little bit too much. Um, he's a, I, To me, he's a potential all-star and obviously a potential all-defensive team guy in the league. So that's someone I'd, I'd want to have around. He's got the Turner block at, the, at Bankers Life. I think that's cool. I don't know if that's something the Pacers initiated or if that's something that Turner was like, I want a pace. I want a Turner block. I want to, I want to, I want to block of the, the arena dedicated to people, uh, cheering for me and going crazy at the Pacers games. So it's like, all right, that's cool. Um, and even if it is initiated by the Pacers, whatever, it's cool that he, he does it. Uh, I, I, I remember from last year, I think I may have even talked about this on the podcast, but, uh, I think he does like a day where people try out or something. So it's cool that he's invested and he's, he's another guy. It's like, he's a big, he's a big reason why we have the momentum that we have. Um, He's a big part of this team. So I don't want to just move miles or or, or Sabonis just just to move them just to shake it up a little bit just because we think we can't ha- find a way to use both of these guys effectively like what what if we just said what if they were what if they didn't have to be starters? I guess it does come down to right like at the end of the game you're, you need your five best guys to be able to play together So uh, it could make a lot of sense to win a lot of regular season games having. Sabonis and Turner, if they if they don't end up working out playing together, but time will tell. I I hope that they can, because I'd love to see both of them together. Um, with Turner, he has uh, he uh, he has a lot of he has a lot of uh, bright spots. He he's got a lot of hope for the future. He's someone I'm really looking forward to see continue to improve. I thought he made some improvements this year. Uh, I really like the fact that he was willing to. Shoot the three pointer, and then he started shooting the three a lot. Um, let's see, like, what, what I wrote that down. Uh, oh yeah, so he, his three point shooting. Here we go. He shot thirty eight point eight percent on the from the three point line um, this year, averaging one made shot a game. Like, and he started out the season. He didn't start shooting them until December, basically. He'd shoot one a game or two a game. But then, like, in December, he started to let a couple of them go. By the end of the season, he had a game where he took 11 three-pointers in one game. So that's something to look forward to with Turner in the future. It's like, hey, man, this is... He's like a seven-foot version of 3 and D, potentially. And then you got Sabonis, right, working on the inside. And what if you just moved... Could, could Turner continue to work on his body in a way that makes him uh, more more agile, uh, more equipped to play on the perimeter? That'd be awesome if, if that were the case. Um, and then you flip-flop, and on defense he plays the five and Sabonis plays the four. And that's actually what Kevin Pritchard talked about in the post postseason interview. It was... You know, maybe next year they're. That's what they're going to try. Um, Miles, you know, his physique, big time. That that's that. He he has some highlight blocks, highlight dunks. Uh, I thought I thought Turner did a decent job this year of. Now, I I guess what I'm trying to say is. Like when Vic went down, I think Turner s- stayed in it all season. Like he, he I, I think he wanted to lead. He believed in this team. Um, I think it was a really good year for him and Sabonis to grow. They they were they played in a lot of tight games because they refused to give up, which I admire. Um, you know, and this was whenever the wheels started falling off towards the end of the season. It's like yeah, we couldn't beat those top teams, but we still showed up and we took care of business whenever it was against a team that we had that equal talent, or or you know to us. And and Turner was a big reason for that, and he has a lot to prove. He was obviously pissed off when he didn't get, um, he didn't get. I don't think he made. He didn't make the All Defensive Team, and he's got a case, right? Like I mean, he led the league in blocks. But I will say, um, and I didn't hit on Turner's cons. But it is hard for me to put you on the def- all defensive team when you just get owned in on the offensive glass. And I, I, I think I said this in the, it, it, during the season that, like, you know, Turner, if you want to, if you want, if you're betting fantasy and, and you're looking for a big guy to get you a bunch of rebounds and a, like a, a crazy 16 16 double double or whatever, like, just figure out who the Pacers are playing and, and, and draft that center. Because big guys would just destroy the Pacers this year. And a lot of it was, if it were a guy like... Uh, the one that just t- is tattooed on my memory is the against the 76ers and, and Joel Embiid. Just embarrassed Turner. Um, so, at that... if And, you know, he doesn't get that many rebounds. Which I'm okay with. I, I'd like to see him get a little bit more. But we have a lot of other guys that get rebounds. But, you know, Turner low low rebounding so uh the other the other thing since i'm up here on the cons is he's not that consistent on offense like he he did start to turn into a jump shooter uh, at the end of the season um and so when those weren't falling he'd have games where you know he'd only take six shots and have six points or something you know um I will say that Turner has a beautiful three-point shot, though. When when he his his ball, it like goes up uh, up into the rafters and down. I mean, he's got like some of the highest arch I've ever seen on a three-point shot, and coming off that seven-footer, it, it just looks so 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 sweet when it goes in. Uh, so I, I love that. Hopefully, Turner's working on that this summer and gets gets uh, continues to improve that piece of his game. He stayed healthy this year. Uh, he showed that he can score points. He had eight games over 20 points. Um, to me, he was just the most loved player at times and also the most hated player at times on the Pacers this season. Um, Miles brought me the most excitement and also the most frustration as a fan. Uh, I love, I love the, his highlight plays, his three-point shooting, the, the games where he gets six blocks, um, I hate the foul trouble complaining the ice cold games and whenever he has the, uh, the wheels kind of fall off emotionally and, and uh, he didn't have a ton of those games this year but I think maybe that's something with just a, you know another year of um, being battle tested and, and just uh, maybe that'll help uh, so going into next year big question for me Can Miles Turner carry this momentum into next season? Can he just keep on getting better? Uh, Don't be, don't settle. You know, he got snubbed by the, by on on the all defensive team. Uh, Well, even though I just said, I kind of agree that he wasn't on it, but he thinks he got snubbed. So maybe that motivates him to work harder and harder. Um, He, uh, you know, so it's for me, it's like, can he continue that momentum? Can we get, can we get more improvement from Miles? Uh, can he be that third, that third, fourth option for the Pacers uh, on offense, and then anchor the defense also? Um, can he lead the Pacers to playoff success? Can he can he play big in the playoffs? He did not have a great playoffs against the, against the Boston this year. Uh, so when you're looking at his stats last year, he averaged 13 points, seven rebounds, mentioned 2.7 blocks a game, led the league almost a steal just under two assists, 48% from the field, 39% from three and 73 from the free throw line. So good shooter, just really solid for for Miles offensively this season. We don't really need a whole lot more from him, really. Like we don't need Miles to be a 20 point scorer. We don't need Miles to be a 10 and rebound a game guy. Um, We'd like to see him keep those blocks. Maybe he can be more active and pick up, get that steal number up to over one. Uh, and maybe he can improve his his field goal percentage. But to me, if he can just focus on being a little bit more efficient on the offensive end and keeping up that rim protection on defense, he fits our window at the next two years. He's 23. Uh so much, so much potential for Miles Turner. I just love it. Um one cool thing I saw when I was looking some stuff up about Miles is he's going to be, he got invited to participate in the USA World Basketball uh, team training camp this summer. So, uh, that's, that's I think that's a cool thing because, it, you know, for him, he's got to be like, all right, you know, I haven't made an all-star team yet, but I'm, I'm here with a lot of all-stars. Uh, and there's guys that aren't getting invited to this thing. So, he's got, to, you know, that should give him a little bit of validation that he's made some progress and that he's a really good young player. And he'll get to see what he can do against the best guys. So hopefully he builds confidence from that and we reap the benefits next year as Pesa of fans. Uh, let's see, just to wrap up on Turner. And, I, I, and I'll just also use this to maybe tie up the Sabonis-Turner thing too. It's, if we do decide to move one of those guys, I just hope that we get a lot back for them, and that we're not we're not undervaluing them just because we happen to have a duplicate situation with young big men who show a ton of promise. Uh, the biggest problem is that we we haven't figured out how to play them together yet. So, like, we could, we could figure that out, and this could be something that would. That would work in the future. And they're both so young. So um, I'm buying everybody's Sabonis or it's not Sabonis. I'm buying everybody's Turner stock. I I uh every I I wrote here everybody but his dad's because his dad's probably a, a huge Miles Turner fan. So I'm not gonna pay that that much amount amount of money in, in, in Turner stock at the moment, but I'm definitely I'm out there buying uh because I think this guy's gonna be uh really good and I'm excited to see him. I'm glad the Pacers inked him for four years, 80 mil, basically, this year. All right. Uh, the last guy is Victor Oladipo. Vic's my boy. Uh, loved watching, Loved watching Vic at IU. Started watching the Pacers seriously when Vic came. And he had that magical season in 2017 and 2018. Uh, much excitement come so much excitement going into the season that I started a podcast. That's how much I, I love Victor Oladipo. Um, man, just going back to old Vic, the first year with the Pacers, Victor Oladipo goes from getting traded by the Thunder because he, you know, is basically not washed, but that was the second team it didn't work out for. Old depot stock was super low. Gets traded to the Pacers. Boom. Makes an all NBA team. For Those of you listening that don't know what that is, all NBA team would be basically one of the top 15 players in the league. So that is I would consider that besides, you know, like the MVP, obviously, uh, that's 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 the award that you wanna that you want to go by, that you want to go by. That's it, that's a big one. So Vic got that in his first year at the Pacers. He led the league in steals. He made an all-defensive team. He won most improved player of the year. Just a phenomenal season. The Pacers, we were expecting to win like 30 games that year, and, and we ended up winning 46 or 47, or maybe it was even 48. Made it to the playoffs. Took LeBron to seven games. Lost, but so much promise, right? We've, we've got this team, and... um and we started out great this year. Uh, but for for Vic this was just a rough year. I mean it, it it never was as good as it was that first season he had with us. And it's unfortunate because I the Pacers were winning uh and, and but Vic wasn't playing great. Like Vic would Vic never got to that level that he was at in 2017-2018. Um and I don't know if it was just maybe he wasn't healthy, because obviously he had the in, the 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 right or what was that the ruptured right quad tendon that took him out for the season, uh, that was in January. But before that, he had another injury that he missed eleven games in a row for. I don't remember what that injury was, but I was just looking, I, like I was just looking at Vic's numbers and like compared to last season. He was down, uh, basically four points a game, and almost a steal a game. Um, he shot seven, per, like he shot quite a bit worse from the free throw free throw line, quite a bit worse from the field, and and quite a bit worse from three. So he was down in all the steal goals. The only thing that he was up in was assists. So he's he's getting a couple more assists or one more assist a game. And I don't know, you know, it's like maybe he just didn't find his rhythm. You're, you're working with a pretty small sample size when you look at the start of the season for Vic. Um, Then he missed 11 games. Then he comes back for and then has another probably 15 games or whatever. And then he's out for the rest of the season. So he didn't. It, it is a small sample size. But it was a little concerning because it I just kept thinking, like, why is he missing all these free throws? Or... I don't know, he just, there's a little, there's something that was a little off this year, um, even when you don't look at the injuries that, than, than the previous year. And so it's not that concerning, but it is something to think like, was that season that he had uh, the norm or was that maybe some an outlier? Uh, so we'll, we'll see. And, and I don't know. I just think. I think Vic is going to find his way and like I, he, he can, he can lead this team to a championship and average 20 points a game or or, or 19 points a game. Like we don't, I don't think we necessarily have to have somebody that can average 26 or 27. I think, I think the Pacers are set up that our best chance at winning the championship is to, is to, is to roll a team out there where our top guy averages, you know, 20 points and then we have, a 16, a 16, a 14, a 10. We do it with uh seven guys that, that can bring it at you. Um anyways, back to Oladipo. He did make it he did make his second all-star. So he was having an all-star season. And um it was just a real freaking bummer what happened, you know. It it, it sucked. Hopefully that's the only time we ever have to deal with that again. And hopefully he comes back full strength and better than ever. He's still a young guy. You know, Vic is uh, 92. Is this, okay, so he'd be 27. Yeah, he would have just turned 27 in May. So we'll see. We'll see what he can do. Uh, I love Vic. And going into next season... That, that's basically what it is for the Pacers. What what does it look like with injury? What what does post post injury Vic look like? And um, even if it takes him a while to get back into the swing of things, I'm just excited to have him back on the sidelines, have him suited up whenever that day comes. Um, we just we uh, we need our we need our we need our captain, and so there we go. That's the players recap for 2018 19. And now I just want to take a take a little bit of time here and talk about what the Pacers do next. This is going to be probably, it just feels like it's going to be the most interesting offseason that the Pacers have uh, for the next couple seasons because... There's so much up in the air. I it's I I it feels like it would be unprecedented for a team to have this many free agents a, at one season. Um, you know, not having um, I think we've got six or seven free agents, or that and so who knows? Um, I think per, first thing is it's up to Kevin Pritchard, it's up to the Simon family, the owners, and it's up to Nate McMillan. This is the year that. I think makes or breaks, this will define their their tenure with the Pacers um, for Pritchard and McMillan. Um, So far, I like both of the guys. I mean, I, I don't have much experience following the NBA as closely as I did this past season. But I like the three T's, the toughness, togetherness, trust. I like the culture that the Pacers have. I really don't mind the fact that they went out and signed Wesley Matthews this season to uh, to prove to the team that, you know, we are committed to winning. And I and I really like that. I, I just do. Uh, I'm Maybe because I'm from the cornfields of uh, small town Indiana. And, I, you know, I'm like a Hoosiers guy. You know, I, I think we should still be shooting free throws uh, underhand or granny style. Um, but, you know, things evolve and, and I eventually will too. But I do like the toughness togetherness, trust of, of the Pacers organization. And... I like the fact that we expect to win a championship. I think we want to win a championship with Vic. And this season was a good one. Without him, we still had 48 wins. Made the playoffs the fourth year in a row. Unfortunately, it's also the fourth year that we got bounced in the first round. So definitely need to get that changed quickly. Um, But I think we we will. I think we have the team to do it. So if you're the GM, you've got to be thinking... What's the what's the window here for the for the Pacers? Are we are we going for it next year? You know the the league feels pretty wide open next year. Now that Golden State seems to be seems to have been dethroned, uh, the Raptors took them out. Seems like Kawhi might be leaving Toronto, meaning that Toronto automatically now does not become the, does like you know their chances to win the fi- the the championship goes way down if Kawhi leaves. Uh, there's just a lot of uncertainty. I think there's a lot of teams that think they got a chance at winning it. It's, it feels like the title's up for grabs, um. And are, maybe the Pacers are, maybe the Pacers are thinking, hey, you know, we're gonna do, we we want it. Uh, to me, that just all depends on Vic and and what Vic comes back to, but maybe maybe they want to make a move right now and maybe they want to bring in. So one of the rumors that I've heard, uh, going around so far, uh, pre pre-NBA draft is basically there's been there's been links to the Pacers for uh, point guard Ricky Rubio um, power forward center Boston Celtics Al Horford and then also there's a fourth the fourth pick of the NBA draft tomorrow Um, which that pick or the talk around that kind of scares me because I think the only way you can get that pick would be to probably trade uh, the 18th pick that we have this year and then one of either Sabonis or Turner, I would think is what you'd have to give up in order to secure that fourth pick. And I'm against that. I I do not want that to happen um, unless we are bringing in Al Horford and we're gonna pay Al Horford, you know, uh, I don't know what he would bring, but if you can get Al Horford, I don't know what I think about it. It's it's just it's. I just thought about. I just found out about it today. Part of me is like, why would you even still? I wouldn't want to give up Sabonis or, or Turner, but I don't know that. We'll just have to see. That's not that's that's why I'm not. Uh, it's not my job. That would be a tough job. But you go back to what the what Pritchard and and McMillan talked about after the season wrapped up. Basically, you know, they said that they're willing to to think big and that they're going to spend. Or the right guys, so to me, that means okay, they might be looking to go out and sign a max type player. There's been talks about D'Angelo Russell. Um, they said they're looking for creation and athleticism. D'Angelo Russell cre- checks a lot of those boxes. Um, they, the Pacers just have unbelievable amount of flexibility, they got a ton of cap space, they've got their pick, um, and they just have a lot of roster spots. So. Maybe that maybe their young core that, you know, Vic and uh, Sabonis and Turner, maybe that would be attractive to some free agents. I don't know. Um, But. Oh, another thing that uh, Pritchard said was that they'd be willing to move that first round pick. And so they're looking to be creative. They said that they want to play faster. They want to play positionless ball. Talked about uh, playing Turner and Sabonis together, and Pritchard even mentioned this five v four, like five versus four, or f- five and four on offense is not is not the same as five on f- five and four on defense. And I did a terrible job explaining that. Basically, that's just what I alluded to when I was talking about Miles and Sabonis. You play Miles at the five on defense, meaning he's bound by, by the basket more. And then, but you play him as a four on offense, and then Sabonis is just the opposite. Uh, so that was that was from the mouth of either Nate McMillan or um, Kevin Pritchard. I want to say it was Pritchard, but I think that's cool. I think that's a great idea. Um, oh, something else that was cool was that so Nate McMillan. I mentioned Miles Turner got selected to participate in the USA Basketball camp this summer. Well. Nate McMillan got selected to coach but he took himself out of the he he decided to not coach this year and um I loved his reasoning he said it was because he knew there was going to be he was going to have a completely different team and that he needed to be um I don't know if he said like with his team or preparing for his team um which I thought that was the perfect answer you got you got to love that because it is going to be a totally different team next year and it's going to be a lot of a lot of guys that uh, he's Nate's gonna have to you know create a new team, um, so all that to be said. This is the most important off season for this group of guys, Pritchard, Nate McMillan. Uh, it's it's kind of winter. Like what are we gonna do this off season? Um, and then here's here come the rumors, right? So one of them is can we get Robert Covington? Small forward from he's on Minnesota now for the for our first round pick. I say you make that deal if you get the chance. Um, I also want to make a case for Ricky Rubio too because if you get Rubio for the right price, like what if we were able to get Rubio and Horford? Well, this. And you had to just give up basically i don't know this isn't the this isn't the right time to try to think about this stuff it's gonna whatever happens is gonna happen and I'll react to it after the fact um but I'm definitely optimistic about what uh McMillan, or what McMillan and and pritchard and and the ownership can do this season. I'm looking forward to seeing how things fall into place um and when it comes to the draft, like, let's say that the Pacers keep their pick and they, they have the 18th pick. This is the first year that, like, I don't know. I don't I watch so little college basketball. It's not funny. I watched quite I watched it quite a bit in, during March Madness. But maybe a, maybe five games during the regular season is all I watched, um, which is just a um, way less than what I used to watch. But so I just don't have I'm not familiar with these players. I have heard a lot about them just because I, I listen to a lot of NBA podcasts, but um, I really, I really don't have a strong opinion on on, on who we get. But I'm excited to know to, to to figure out when I hear who we do get, so that I can learn about the player and get excited um, and start start thinking about next season. So that's all I got for tonight. Hope everybody has a great week. Looking forward to next year. Let's go Pacers.